0: And welcome, thank you for joining us. And with me here, I have Mags Hanley, joining me from what is now a sunny Melbourne. Hi Mags, thanks for coming. Hey Steve, thank you for inviting me. What a wonderful opportunity to have a chat. Um, you have been doing some wonderful work throughout this year, tackling the um, underrepresentation of women in UX on stage at conferences like ours and at conferences like this one. Tell me about that issue. Where's it coming from?
1: And what are you doing
0: to help reverse it?
1: So where is it coming from? So what are we doing? Let's go. I think, Steve, Mm -hmm. the first time that we actually had this conversation, which was November of last year, you and I were sitting there and I came and said, I want to work with women more and mm-hmm. I want to coach them. And you turned to me and said, I've got a problem. Mm-hmm. My problem was that there are fewer women putting in proposals in for the conferences than there are men. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it and you said, you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. It would be like mansplaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just couldn't. You just yep. couldn't. And you said, would you be willing? And the two of us sort of riffed off and came up with a list of things that we could do mm-hmm. to get the presenting going. Yep. So I started connecting in with Annabelle, who, of course, works with for you or with yep. you. Yep. And Annabelle and I started this Women in UX. And I think the first thing we wanted was we knew that we were doing this presentation series and we wanted to get more people writing in. But the thing that really struck us was we asked the women on index cards, mm-hmm. because I didn't want them to tell everyone, they didn't have to tell everyone their problems, yes. Yep. Um, to write down why they're not talking and why they're not speaking and where okay. their problems are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was so upsetting to, to, to read them mm. because they sat there and said, I have no confidence. Right. I'm not supported at work. I don't present because it's the men in my organization that are that go to the conference, and there it's the men in my organization who are the ones who are really recommended, are pushed to actually do this. Mm. And I'm not. I'm an imposter. And these are bright, these are we had women. Yeah, we had women in the ages of sort of early. So early to mid twenties to in their fifties, right? And these are the patterns we were getting. And to just to put that into perspective,
0: at the Design Leadership Conference in 2019, we had something like 11 submissions for men from men for every one submission from anybody else. Um, so it was an 11 to one, like men to anybody. Um, we had, like we were able to um, shift that through the selection process and we ended up with, um, I think it was a, a ratio of about eight to one or seven to one on stage, which was, yep. which was something, right? Yeah. Um, but standing up there on stage, looking out at the audience, it was quite obvious that a good 50% of the audience were were women. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I know a lot of the women that you're talking about, and I know they're smart, and I know they're experienced, and I know they've got things to, to teach people, and I know they've got stories to tell, and we just weren't hearing from them. Um, UX Australia was a little bit better. I felt like we had a more diverse mix of, of people on stage at UX Australia, but even so, the audience, The people on stage aren't equally reflective of the people that i look at and see in the audience and that really does that really did bother me
1: yeah yeah and the the conversations and this is what i loved about what happened with design leadership this year Mm. was we had 50 50 or maybe we actually might have had a little more women or women and non-binary yes um and we had women of color yes So we actually had a much more diverse group by going in and saying explicitly, we wanted more people and actually having these. So I'm not sure that all of these women, they didn't come to, I know we had one that came in through our presentation series, but I also feel that what we did was we said, we are welcoming. more. Yep. Yeah. And it was Fantastic. And I, I should
0: say the, the ratio wasn't contrived. Yep. I, I chose the best submissions that I had um, and that's where it landed. And the biggest difference was I had a, a much better spread of submissions, that's which it. was wonderful.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if we take that to its next logical, which is yeah. unless we tell women that we want them to move forward mm-hmm. they're actually not going to do it themselves and one of the this is endemic and it's endemic in the workplace so this isn't just necessarily within ux but across yep. across the workplace women there are two ways that that people think about men and women think about the workplace mm-hmm. the majority of men think about it as a game we're going to gamify i'm going to do the work and i'm going to get to that next level Right. women are taught from the age of five, you work hard, you do the work, you'll get the good mark. And the good mark is the indication that you have value and do you, you've done your best. Right. So we do this all through primary school and high school and university, and we get into the workplace. And so we put our heads down and we do the work. Yep. And we expect that someone will tap us on the shoulder and go, yay, you've done great work, here's the next level. Mm -hmm. And when you work with a group of, and it's mostly male leadership as well, who sit there and say, well, we've played it as a game and if you're not playing the game, yeah, you're not gonna get it. Women sit there and go, but we've done the work and we've put our heads down and we've achieved, but we're not promoting it. But then you you get the backlash which is when you start to promote, and I will say explicitly, I have been told, stop talking about the work that you've done previously. Stop talking about what your achievements are. Which is insane. Which is insane.
0: I mean, there are, there's no, there's there's no end of boastful men in the workplace. That's correct. (laughs) And the thing is, the
1: thing is, I've got a fair amount to boast about. Sure. Yeah. But it also shows if you've got someone like me who's very confident about her work mm. and then you talk about someone who is more junior who doesn't have that confidence, sure. then how is she going to move up?
0: Yeah. And as you say, that lack of confidence isn't just because they're new to the workplace. It's because for the 15 to 20 years prior to that, since they were, you know, started in primary school probably they've been treated differently right throughout their life they've been set different expectations they've been rewarded in different ways Um, their behaviours have been tolerated unequally um, across
1: uh, across genders um, quite quite consistently quite consistently and so that comes back into that pat your head good girl you've done your good work off you go, Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to, oh, competitive, you're moving forward. And I think this comes, I mean, you look at this in the same way you think about women's sport. Yeah, yep. So it's not just a UX thing. It is something that happens when it comes to competitive sport, when it comes Mm -hmm. to competitive workplaces. Mm -hmm. I mean, and when we're heading this, when it comes to the high court judge in in Australia with with him and, um, you know, lawyers graduate lawyers working and clerking for um, for high court yeah. justice. So yeah. it, it's endemic. So the aim, what I keep thinking about, and this is not more than just presenting, was we came out with all of these themes from these women going, I don't have this confidence. Yeah. I yeah. don't have this ability. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I've been doing is trying to make sure I educate myself in all of this. Yep. Um, and one of the ones was I have someone who, I know this from myself, from my own experience of going, I'm in a loop now because I've had this bad experience. I'm in a loop. I can't take myself out of it. And I was trying to work out if this is something that happens to women a lot. And I couldn't, the only article I could find was one on HBR about the difference between women thinking about workplaces versus men or women explicit. doesn't mean not happening with men. And women are sitting there saying, "I want meaning. Interesting. I want meaning out of the work that I do." Doesn't mean that men don't, but women sit there and go, "This." And so, when one of these negative loop, when negative things happen, they go into a loop because they've put so much of themselves into it, so much. And when they're in the loop, the organisation sits there and says, "You're too emotional." Yeah, You care too much. Just pretend, you know, let it wash over you. And women, we we strike that. And I strike that my, myself of sitting there going, I can't because it means so much. Sure. Yeah. So one of the things I'm trying to work on is to understand ways that we can start, women can start to say, okay, um, yes, that's how I react, given, not a problem. Or as Norman Leet, who was my first mentor, said, your feelings are valid, you are allowed to have them, you need to deal, deal with them and move yourself on. And Norman was fantastic. Norman, <laughs> Norman, I met Norman through the BBC. Okay. And Norman for 20 years managed a shoe factory. Nice. Yeah. And then he moved into working with um, dysfunctional executive teams. Oh, this is why he was at the BBC, and right? Was yeah. at the BBC. Okay. And that I turned to him and he went, what? And he said, all executive teams are dysfunctional. You know that? And I went, yeah, yeah I know. Right. Yeah,
0: okay.
1: Um, and he's, and one, my boss turned and said, I think Norman would be a great person for you to talk to. Mm-hmm. And he was a great person because he always sat there and said, I validate how you feel but you've got to play a bit of a game Mm. and you've got to learn from it. So I think that's the element for women, which is Mm. when we start looking about women in UX or women moving into more senior positions, we have to sit there and say, it's valid for us to feel this way. It's valid for us to feel this and for someone to sit there and say, okay, good. You've, you've had that feeling, you've done it. Let's work on that inner strength within you to take you to that next level. And it's a different way of thinking about leadership than it would be for others. And I feel this is what's important, yeah. which is it's not just about other women supporting other women. No. It's other women and men supporting the women in this and learning that if that's the way their team members may feel it's a different way in learning how to adjust with each person yeah i mean we
0: we have this issue in the home and we have it in a workplace where we leave the emotional work to women
1: yes emotional labor the emotional labor right
0: um and it's it's not paid and it's not uh recognized or acknowledged and it's certainly not rewarded Mm -hmm. um but it's actually quite a burden and it's a necessary one like the work that you're talking about is actually quite necessary in a functioning household in a functioning relationship in a functioning workplace um and too often we leave it to the women to worry about it and not necessarily because it's it's a woman's job to worry about it i don't actually think men explicitly think that necessarily but we also don't care to do anything about it ourselves in a lot of cases. And so because it needs to be done, someone who does care about it picks it up and does it, and that inevitably means that it's the women in the workplace or women in the home who are who are carrying that burden.
1: Yes, yes. And I think then for us, we need to start teaching our, our children, teaching mm-hmm. others to say, look, this is important. Yep. Let's, let's share this burden across all of us. Yeah. And I think in the workplace, I think the thing that's been really interesting about the quarantine yeah. has yep. been that everyone is now working in the home yes. and seeing the children and seeing the other things that happen during the, at home yep. uh, and real, beginning to re- realise how much of this emotional labour yep. is the impact now that yep. everyone's at home.
0: I, I saw something, I, I wish I, I could recall exactly where I saw it, but it's for that reason that at some sort of uh, ridiculous proportion, it's men advocating for a return to the workplace and an, and an end to remote working um, by, by some large margin. Uh, I'll need yep. I'll to see if I can dig it out, but I was, I was laughing at it the other
1: day. I was like, eh, that makes sense. It does yeah. make sense. It does make sense. I mean, the rest of us... Um, sit there and go, well, we want. We also want to go because we want to be with adults more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We want to have a return to a normal cadence of our lives. Yep. Um, but I do laugh at that one, yeah, because, yes, yeah. there we go. Yeah. But this is, I
0: mean, um, we've, we've got a circumstance at the moment, so we talk about what's happening with the coronavirus and various government responses to um you know things like the job seeker job seeker subsidy and the job keeper subsidies um various stimulus packages um and again like an analysis of that kind of thing and you look at it and it's um it tends to be targeted towards jobs and industries that are male dominated great example was the renovation Bonus, you know, whatever that was, the $25,000 grant to renovate your home if you wanted to, um, to support the construction industry.
1: So, well, That's fine, but yeah, actually.
0: But it, uh, last week you took away childcare.
1: Yes. Which so childcare is gone, and the a- industries which have been hit the worst, which we talked about retail and hospitality yeah. very very female yeah. and then we yeah. sit there and go the other ones that have been held, that have been hit hard by coronavirus in a different way, which of course is medical health health yep. care healthcare, care services age also aged care, age care yeah. totally female based yeah and when so, I mean, one of the things that I, and there is a, an article, and I'm sure the two of us can find it, which talks about the number of papers submitted by women, oh, yeah. research papers, has reduced substantially over oh. the time as well, which is why, because they've been taking on the childhood, uh, child and family caring responsibilities. Since you're at home.
0: Since, since you're at home, home.
1: Since you're at home anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Yep. So...
0: I know you've got I know you've got a successful career but if you're going to be at home could you look after the kids
1: can you look after the kids even though you are you're probably a you know um a phd candidate or a post postdoc so you're incredibly yeah. motivated and good at what you do yeah no so, it's, so, maddening. Yeah. It's, it's maddening, maddening. It's, it's maddening it's maddening yep. uh, and then i mean it comes to, <laughs> coming back to ux women in the aim for us is to sit there and say looking at all of this and looking at where we are how do we make sure that there is representation that women know how to move forward and to sit there and say you can do this there is a community here that will provide you with that support
0: yep um and
1: from my perspective i so in the last 12 months i have left being a UXer and project manager and migrating, mm-hmm. migrating JB Hi-Fi to Shopify Nice. Um, yep. to focusing solely on coaching and developing Great. people. I have a couple of male clients, but the majority mm-hmm. are women. Yeah. And what I see is I see probably three different types. I have juniors who are trying to get in. So people who sit there and go, I really want to get into UX. And we talk about where they should be going. Yep. I have women in their mid-40s okay. yep. who are moving into service design and user experience yes. after spending 20-plus years in whatever else they were doing. Yep. And we talk about how they can really start to customise based on what their previous work was. Yeah. So yep. I had someone who started off and said, I'm a service designer, and we went through what her previous work was and I to her and said, You're not a service designer. You're actually Mm -hmm. a content strategist. Okay. And she got her first content job uh, a week ago. Great. Yeah. That's wonderful. It's wonderful. So I'm working with people to try and see where their world is. Mm. And then the other one that's beginning to come up to me Mm. are women who sit there and say the standard job, The standard job in UX, or standard senior job in UX, where we go in our practice, which would be, you know, senior practitioner into a lead, into a principal, or I'm a manager and I want to move up, or maybe I'm that weird combination, of which there are many, UX and product. Yep. But I can't see the job. There is no advertised job. Interesting. That is my job. Okay. And what I'm seeing is these women coming to me and saying, okay, how do I find that job? Right. How do I brand myself? They're all sitting there going, yeah, okay. oh, my God, the word brand. I hate the word yeah, brand. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. it, it's very, I think, sorry to the Americans, I think the Americans will probably connect to it a bit more. Us yeah. uh, Australians and British doesn't see this nicely. It's like attention-seeking. It a little feels like attention-seeking, but yeah. it is a confidence in yourself sure. that yep. this is who I am and this is what I do. Yeah, And that's what I'm working with these women, which says this is who I am, this is what I do, I have 20 years' experience doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the thing that has struck me is they have 20 years experience and they sit there and say, I don't think I can do that. And I look and go, you are enough. You are enough. You can do that. Yep. I am, I, in the same way as one of the, we were doing the workshop in, um, in Meld Mm -hmm. uh, in February. And there was a moment I turned to everyone and I put my arms out and said, if I could hold you all, I will. I'm holding you all emotionally. In the same way, when I work with these women, I yep. hold them till they're at that point where they look at me and go, I know, That's I good. can do this. Good. So hold emotionally. Yep. So it really is one of those elements where you go, we are enough, we do enough, but we don't always believe it. Yeah. Um, and we yeah. have that inner strength and we have those skills. That's wonderful. Someone else I talked to, I said, "Well, you know, you have to network," and she said, "I hate the word network." And I've gone because it feels as if I'm at a meetup and I'm going and telling someone back to this bragging element. Yeah. Okay. And I turned to myself. Well, let's put it on its on its head. What do we do well as women? We develop relationships. So let's not use the word network anymore. Yep. Let's use the word. You develop relationships, and you work with those people and those relationships, and they support you to move to that next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Yeah, there's the difference.
0: Really good. Well, look, Max, thank you. Looking forward to hearing much more about it in August at UX Australia. Absolutely. Thank you very much for your for your time today, and we'll we'll see you again soon.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Steve. And I'm looking forward to August, which is only next month. I know. Oh my gosh. I know. Thanks, Max. Thanks, Steve.